listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 165 Roman Reigns retains the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship over Cody Rhodes, plus Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte Flair in a great match to become SmackDown Women's Champion, and we're going to recap a great WrestleMania weekend. Plus, we welcome an extra special guest for the very first time with NWA 312 around the corner. We welcome former Impact Wrestling World Champion, former WWE superstar, the Overman, EC3. We're going to have all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson and I'm your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. What a WrestleMania weekend. Great stuff. WWE, WrestleMania 39, WrestleMania Hollywood, Saturday and Sunday, April 1st and the 2nd at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. Amazing two-night event. Night one, we had the United States Championship. Austin Theory defeats John Cena by pinfall. And Theory got the upper hand by nefarious means and then hits 8-town down to pin John Cena. So I was actually correct in saying Austin Theory was going to go over and retain the title here. And then we had the four-way tag team match, and this was really, really good. The Street Profits end up defeating Braun Strowman and Ricochet, the Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. Seth freaking Rollins pins that past that pain-in-the-ass Logan Paul with that KSI dude inside of that energy drink suit, which was kind of ridiculous. And Rollins gets the victory over Logan Paul. Yeah, Logan Paul's kind of an entertainer, but I think of Logan Paul as an early version of The Miz. Nobody liked him. He was a great heel, and he played his role very well. And it's good to see Seth Rollins get a big victory on the WrestleMania stage. And then we had the six-woman tag of Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch as they defeated Damage Control of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. And in a great match culminating a great storyline over the past few months, WWE Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio pins his son Dominic in about 15 minutes. This whole thing going back several months with the Judgment Day and Rey and 
Dominic turning heel, turning on his father, trying to goad his father into a match, finally getting the match. And I thought the execution of this entire storyline was excellent. And then we had the SmackDown Women's Championship. Speaking of excellent, this was one of the best matches of the weekend. Rhea Ripley pinned Charlotte Flair in just under 24 minutes in a classic match. And both women definitely should be very proud of this effort. And then in an impromptu match, the host of WrestleMania had an open challenge. And our friend Pat McAfee comes back. He pins The Miz to win that match. And then for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship in the main event of night one, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeat the Usos of Jay and Jimmy Uso when Sami pins Jay following Haluva Kick. Great celebration and even the post-match press conference, Kevin and Sami giving credit to the Briscoe brothers. Really cool moment there as well. The fans pop big time for Kevin and Sami and it was a worthwhile main event. And now we move on to night two. Brock Lesnar pins Omas in just under five minutes after Brock gets an impressive F5 on the 7'4 Omas. And in your women's four-way tag team match, it wasn't as good as the men's the night before, but still solid. We had Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defeating Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. And for the hard-hitting Match of the weekend, the WWE Intercontinental Championship. We had Gunther retaining over Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. This was nearly 17 minutes of just sheer brutality and physicality. Chops and strikes and power. Everything you'd ever want out of three big men. This is a clinic for big man wrestling. And I'm telling you, Gunther, this guy is awesome and... Maybe he's a future world champion. We'll see. And then we had the Raw Women's Championship and another really solid match. The athletic Bianca Belair retains the title, defeating Asuka after a KOD. Asuka missed the mist. And then Bianca ends up winning it with that KOD. And then in an impromptu match, it appeared it was going to be Shane McMahon making his return to WWE to face The Miz again. But Shane comes up lame, reportedly tears his quad just like his father did at the 2005 Royal Rumble, and taking Shane's place, Snoop Dogg ends up hitting a people's elbow and pinning The Miz to win the match. A little bit of a cluster mess right there with Shane's comeback being thwarted by his own injury, and then Snoop Dogg slipping right in to take the match. And Really impressive on Snoop Dogg's part to just kind of take over. And you got to tip your cap to The Miz as well for uh, doing two jobs to celebrities over the weekend. And Hell in a Cell. And this was another brilliant match, a brutal match. Brood Edge with his old brood persona. He pins the demon Finn Balor of Judgment Day. Hell of a match. A lot of crazy strikes. Finn took a ladder shot to the head. He tried to protect himself with his hands, but the velocity and momentum of the ladder still knocked him silly in the head. He was able to finish the match. In fact, he even tried a double stomp through a table, but Edge moved. So uh, the coup de grace, that's the name of the move. The coup de grace through the table, Edge moved, and Edge ends up winning the Hell in a Cell. 
and in your main event, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, not the way a lot of people thought this was going to go. Roman Reigns continues his reign. He pins Cody Rhodes in a 35-minute classic. Lots of false finishes. The match had a little bit of everything with run-ins, with Solo getting ejected, the Usos interfering after a ref bump, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn evening the odds, and then Solo coming back after he was ejected, coming through the crowd, Samoan spiking Cody, Roman gets the pin, and that's it. And also, I just want to reflect real quick on the WWE Hall of Fame. Really cool to hear Conan's induction of Rey Mysterio. Awesome to see the great Muda, Stacey Keebler, and Annie Kaufman get inducted. As well as Warrior Award winner Tim White, whom I met a few years ago at Wizard World. A great liaison for WWE talent and appearances. Andre the Giant's personal traveling assistant and longtime referee. Really cool honor for Tim White. Now moving on to NXT Stand and Deliver, that was Saturday afternoon or late morning in LA. We had in the pre-show Chase University, Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, and Thea Hale, and their partner Tyler Bate defeat the schism of Joe Gacy, Jagger Reed, Rip Fowler, and Ava. And it was Ava's wrestling debut. She's the daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and she looked okay. I mean, a little green, you know, what to expect in the first TV match, but I think she'll be fine eventually. Duke Hudson teases joining the schism, but quickly turned on him to help Chase you get the victory to salvage the university from the evil hands of schism. Main show, we had the ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. Indy Hartwell, with the help of Dexter Loomis, defeats Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Tiffany Stratton, Lyra Valkyria, and the defending champion Roxanne Perez. Really cool moment for Indy Hartwell. Awesome to see her win a championship in NXT. Then we had the NXT Tag Team Championships and Gallus of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang retain, defeating the Creed Brothers and the D'Angelo family. When Joe Coffey, the brother of Mark, comes back, he attacks Tony D'Angelo on the outside and then Gallus takes care of Stax and gets the pinfall victory. So, interesting to see maybe the D'Angelo family and Gallus have a little bit of a rivalry. Maybe Tony D'Angelo and Joe Coffey. That's going to be a hell of a little feud or match between D'Angelo and Coffey. That'd be really, really interesting. And then the Federal Five-Way match for the NXT North American Championship. And the only man to retain a title on this day, Wesley, retains that title by defeating Dragon Lee, JD McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and Axiom in one hell of a match. Cool fact about this match, three of the five competitors all competed at Warrior Wrestling, including Wesley, Dragon Lee, and Axiom, who's the former A-Kid. Unsanctioned match, and Johnny Gargano defeats the pesky Grayson Waller via submission with the Gargano escape. Afterward, a really cool celebration with the former members of the way, sans Austin Theory, obviously. So Johnny and Candice... And Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis all celebrating together after Johnny Gargano's victory. For your NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. They should just call them Fire and Dawn. That's a really cool tag team name. I just thought of that earlier today. And they defeat Fallon Henley and Kiana James with Briggs and Jensen to win those championships. And the dramatics, the soap opera continues with Henley, James, Briggs and Jensen. And in your main event for the NXT Championship, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams 
defeats Braun Breaker to win the championship with the nothing but net leg drop from the top rope. And afterwards, Hayes and Braun shake hands as a sign of respect and Breaker passing the torch. Awesome weekend in California for WrestleMania. A couple of sad things to report though, including just learned a little while ago that Bushwhacker Butch passed away while he was in town for WrestleMania weekend. He was 78 years old. The Bushwhackers are WWE Hall of Famers. They used to be the Sheep Herders. And they had a great rivalry with the Fantastics in the late 80s before the Bushwhackers went to WWE. And condolences to the family of Butch Miller and as well as Bushwhacker Luke, who was so close with Butch over the years. And also, at ROH's pay-per-view on Friday... Top Flight's Dante Martin suffered a gruesome injury and our heart goes out to Dante and his family and hoping for a speedy recovery and a return down the line to AEW. Hello everyone, Maven, former WWE Superstar, Season 1 Tough Enough winner. Make sure you catch Windy City Slam podcast wherever podcasts are available. So Windy City Slam, check it out. All right, this coming weekend, coming to the Chicago area with the NWA, with NWA 312 and TV tapings this weekend. But first, on Thursday night, April the 6th, Tyrus and Medusa will be doing a book signing and public address at Madame Zuzu's Emporium in Highland Park. That's Thursday evening from 7 to 9. That should be a really cool event for the fans. And then Friday night, we have the NWA 312 pay-per-view at Studio One in Highland Park. First, we have the pre-show, which is on YouTube at 8 p.m. And for the fans in attendance, they'll be able to check this out before the main 312 card begins. We have the U.S. Tag Team Championships of the Country Gentlemen, AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews defending against the SVGS, Jax Dane and Blake Bulletproof Troop. And then we have a hair versus strap match. Sal the Pal versus Gags the Gimp. Trevor Murdoch and Mike Knox face the team of Daisy Kill and Talos. And then we have Natalia Markova versus La Brava Escobar with Christy Janes. And now the main card for the NWA 312 pay-per-view. The tournament final for the inaugural NWA Women's Television Championship. Kenzie Page faces Max the Impaler. And then... For your NWA Women's World Championship, Camille defends against La Rosa Negra. NWA World Women's Tag Team titles, Missa Kate, Chicago's own and friend of the show, and Maddie Renkowski defend against Pretty Empower 2.0 of Ella Envy and Roxy. NWA World Tag Team Championship, La Rebellion, Bestia 666, and Mecha Wolf defend against Magnum Muscle of Matthew Mims and... Mile High Magnum himself, Dak Draper. NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kerry Morton defends against Chicago area's own and Oakland native, Joe Alonzo, with Jamie Stanley. And then we have the Bob Luce Memorial Battle Royal to determine the number one contender to the NWA National Championship. Participants include Jay Bradley, Vic Delicious, Homicide, Rhett Titus, Jeremiah Plunkett, Hale Collins, Mercurio, Brady Pierce, Odinson, Thrillbilly, Silas Mason, Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, Jordan Clearwater, Alex Taylor, Rolando Freeman, PJ Hawks, Chicago's own Matt Vine, Psycho Boy Fodder, 
Magic Dake Dumas, Eric Jackson, and Rush Freeman. And we also have a singles match between Tom Latimer and Bully Ray. That should be pretty intense and hard-hitting. And your two main matches, we have the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. Scion, with his father, Austin Idol, faces this week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, EC3, with Black G's. And for your NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Tyrus defends against Chris Adonis. Should be a great show. You can check it out on pay-per-view on Fight Friday night, 9 p.m., following SmackDown after WrestleMania. And then, Saturday, April the 8th, we have two NWA TV tapings for NWA Power and NWA USA back at the Studio One events in Highland Park, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. In addition to the NWA roster, you're going to see local and Midwestern talents such as Yabo the Clown, Cody James, Hawaiian hitman Koa Laksamana, Mario Pardua, and Sierra. And you can check out Jay Bradley on last week's Windy City Slam podcast and Miss Kate on our YouTube channel talking all about NWA 312 and so much more. And stay tuned for more coverage from WindyCitySlam.com. Also coming up this weekend, if you're interested in driving down to Indianapolis, there's a really cool convention called the Squared Circle Expo 3. I believe MJF is one of the highlighted guests there. It's at the Wyndham Indianapolis West in Indianapolis. There will also be a Black Label Pro Show taking place at the Wyndham at 9.30 Eastern Time that night. Also, Saturday night, April the 8th, we freelance undergrounds into the fire back at the Cantini VFW in Joliet for the Freelance Underground Independent Championship. Storm Grayson defends against Maserati West Barkley. Former NXT and WWE superstar Simon Gotch faces the veteran Rough Crossing. Freelance Underground Tag Team Champions Pick and Pop defend against the Bitcoin Boys. Mojo McQueen against the Iron Demon Shane Mercer and Shane will be accompanied by James Russo. Big Alice Crowley against Laney Luck. We have a triple threat match of Acid Jazz versus Joliet's own Gunner Brave versus the Great Axel Rico. The Wrestling for a Cure Cruiserweight Championship as Sabotage Sean Logan defends against El Torero and the fun and exciting Philly Marino experience take on Caribbean Arrogance. Now that's going to be an awesome tag team match and with the arrival of Caribbean Arrogance the Freelance Underground that means the entire faction of La Sociedad de Boricua will be in attendance including Axel Rico and the two guys from Caribbean Arrogance. That ought to be pretty cool. And then also, north of the border, Saturday night, April the 8th, Bruce City Wrestling presents Tax Day Turmoil at the Waukesha Elks Lodge in Waukesha. All right, coming up next, former two-time world heavyweight champion, former WWE superstar, top contender to the NWA National Championship, the Overman, EC3. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com.
SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Right here on the line, we welcome a former two-time world heavyweight champion and the top contender to the NWA National Championship, ladies and gentlemen, EC3. How you doing? I'm all right, Big Mike. How are you? I'm good. Great to see I'm you. Again. over here, man. I'm just, I'm killing it nonstop. Thriving, striving, living, rocking, rolling, strutting and strolling. That's what I do. All right, so we have NWA 312 and subsequent TV tapings, and that's Friday night, April the 7th, and Saturday night, April the 8th at Studio One in Highland Park. NWA is a pay-per-view on Friday night, and then they'll follow with two TV tapings on Saturday. Two? So, yeah, busy Good. day. Oh, shit. All right, two it is. And then uh, you will be challenging for the NWA yeah. National Heavyweight Championship against the mysterious scion and he's going to be accompanied by his father austin idol and you will be accompanied by black g's in your corner so this is going to be a hell of a match two veterans of the business going in for this prestigious championship so what do you think about the matchup yeah i mean that's an interesting ensemble of characters you have there i mean you have the legitimate you know the once soon will be overman ec3 future NWA World Heavyweight Champion, future NWA National Champion. You have the former or future former NWA's National Champion, Scion. He has a mask. It's got a star on it. You got Austin Idol, who's his dad. And you have a Black Jeeves, who's my, my new buddy. I got a buddy. What I have with Jeeves, though, it's, it's, you know, it's a brand partnership. Like, it's not, it's, it's just business. I'm a creative mastermind. I am a doer. I am an athlete. I am a warrior. What I am not, I can't handle business. I don't understand schematics. I don't know how to add or subtract. I mean, I just know how to kick ass and, you know, talk really well about it. I know how to create amazing content and portray myself to the world as a star that I am and the star that I should be. So, you know, Black Jeeves coming on board, brand partnership, control your narrative, church is money, I like to call it church and state. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, concept for a title match. So, Scion, he's a veteran, huh? Yep. Is he? I, I mean, does that just mean he's a crusty old journeyman bastard who fell into <laughs> a title? Or does that mean he has this prestigious career? Because, I mean, I know I know of the man under the mask a little bit, but the man with the mask, I know, I know so little about. Because, as you said, he is mysterious. But, mm -hmm. yeah, set him up, knock him down. That's what we'll do. Future. NWA national champion. Cool. Yeah, he definitely has a body type of a guy that I've seen around the Chicago area quite a bit over the years. <clears throat> oh, he, oh, he's a local. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Home field advantage then. Now, Austin Idol, if I'm not mistaken, and I am a student of the game, I believe Austin Idol was, he was the first NWA's national champion. If I'm correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, Maybe he wants to be my father, too. I don't know if I necessarily care for it. My father, EC2, is quite a good father. But, uh, yeah, Austin Idol in his quarter, walking around, prancing, going to and fro. I mean, 
you want to talk old timers and journeymen, Austin Idol is probably the top of your list. Yeah, pretty much, man. That guy's been around forever. <laughs> and forever won't end, will it? That doesn't look like it, no. I mean, you got him, you got guys like Mike Jackson still wrestling here and there. So it's just nuts. <clears throat> God, I can't wait to never wrestle again. It's just I'm so damn good at it that, like, I can't stop right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the NWA, you wrestled a few matches with them last year, officially mm-hmm. signed with them just before Nuff said in February. So how did you hook up with the NWA? Yeah, well, uh, Uncle Billy and I do have a very personal and deep, meaningful, artistic relationship, dare I say, a friendship, but not a friendship at the expense of a business arrangement. We're both uh, careful and calculated with our business. We're both Pisces. We're both, you know, super famous. Um, Hooking up with the NWA was a talk a long time ago, initially in the inception, and it came to a point where I had a choice to make between Billy, the NWA, and a return to uh, NXT. And uh, I don't regret the choice of going back to NXT because it would only put me in the position to be where I am now in life and who I am, which I'm very happy and very proud of who I am as a person. Though at the time, it was a very tough decision to make. And it's still, you look back on it and it could have been what if, what could have been. But uh, NWA was always in the forefront ever since its time with Impact Wrestling. We had a very good relationship very much mutually we know each other without really knowing each other i mean hell we had a hurricane down here and i was alone i was alone for five days in solitude couldn't go out i had like and i just was emailing him like who can i talk to in this time of need my mother my father my exes no billy corgan world famous rock star so Mm -hmm. you have a bond uh, and I think he knows, he's very well aware that if he wants to build the NWA as the mainstream brand that it can and should be, it's going to require not only someone that looks like me, talks like me, acts like me, but has the mindset to approach the general pop, the civilian population, and not so much wallow in the wasteland that is the internet wrestling bubble. Mm-hmm. You've known Billy since your impact days because wasn't he there while you were there at the same time? He was, yeah. There was a nice, interesting game of a throne scenario where everyone was trying to become owner of NWA, or excuse me, TNA. And you know, mm-hmm. it was, I, I just showed up and won championships. So if I had a dog in that fight that wasn't my aunt, it would have been Billy Corgan, though. So yeah, it'd have been very easy to follow him and. In theory, could I have? Yes. Should I have? Maybe. I didn't, but I'm here with him now for this moment and this reason. And that's, they. the timing is right, considering everything that NWA was building. And they did get, you know, a very good set of momentum prior to a pandemic. And that changed everything. It changed everything for me. It changed everything for everybody. And so now that we're coming out of that and the world has some semblance of normalcy, I guess, I mean, I don't know, watch the news, probably not, but <clears throat> we're allowed to, you know, congregate in human form again, which is really cool that maybe now is the time I am supposed to be here. So Billy's got Chicago Road, close close ties to Highland Park, and this event coming up is going to help raise money for the Highland Park Community Foundation after that community was shaken pretty hard by the tragic mass shooting last July 4th. So what do you think about a cause like that for the NWA kind of giving back to that community? I I don't think there's anything that could be said negatively about giving back to any sort of cause. 
especially something that's near and dear to his heart and that's affected so many people in the local populace. Um, knowing that makes me feel very good about what we're doing and what we can accomplish. And just the overall vision that NWA has to be a community in a sense, to go beyond what we have circulated, which again, I'll call the toxic wrestling internet bubble, where we all live within this small little bubble and we're all talking about it. But outside of that world are millions of fans who've kind of tuned away from wrestling because of the you know negativity and the stigmatas and <clears throat> a product that doesn't necessarily appeal. So, I mean, this is good PR, but it's good cause and it's, it's right, it's just. I have nothing bad to say about that. I'm very proud that we could be a part of that. Now, the NWA has brought back that old oh, school. Yes. Hold on, I got to throw some shade. <laughs> Unlike most uh, professional wrestlers, you know, like doing something charitable is uh, meaningful and like why we do this at times. And we can look at, you know, the accolades or the money you can make and things of that nature. But why we do this are for moments like that. And it's just, you know, sometimes it takes the rare breed professional wrestler to not just post about it nonstop on their social media begging for attention. Hey, look how good of a person I am. No, we can just do this and, you know, be confident that we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. At least I did something charitable today. I didn't post about it on Instagram. Held the door for the whole lady. Yeah, let other people uh, make a I sold her a coffee. Well, you know what? I didn't need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I saved a cat out of a tree. Didn't Didn't say a word about it. I'm a good person. So going back to the NWA, uh, they've brought back that old school TV studio style vibe like we saw in the 80s. So what's your feeling for the things that NWA is doing? I like that we can do both and we can hybrid it. I like that the live events or the TV tapings, excuse me, have that kind of ambiance while at the same time we can still deliver on pay-per-view kind of a traditional professional wrestling feel. Plus, I mean... My theme music's awesome, so I do like when people hear it. But at the same time, like entrances, that's when all eyes are on you. That's when you grab attention. That's kind of the moments you live for. And as a wrestler, making an entrance with pop and circumstances and the theme, you know, it encapsulation encapsulates emotion out of the people. Love you or they hate you. That's where you can kind of feel their energy. So that's what I love about that. But also the throwback to TV-style wrestling studio i like that we could separate ourselves because not every show needs to be the show and i think this was a problem with wrestling is that every show is trying to outdo the show of last as opposed to being consistently well put together and good and building over time to moments Mm -hmm. that you know people generally want to see you can't force a moment every week can't force a moment twice every week can't force a moment three times a week when you have a pay-per-view too, like to be able to consistently build something. And I think that's what can, I like the separation in that sense. Yeah. I love like the, the little, you know, brother's got the microphone and I just hop over there and, you know, I got shit to say, man, let me get, let me get into that. You know, so many so, great interact. I'm sorry. I'm just cutting you off. But like so many of the great promos of wrestling history and lore have come from studio style setting like that and i think uh it can continue i don't love nostalgia but it exists for a reason it's about taking what's worked in the past and bringing it forward to the future so let's do that yeah well you were talking about how 
it's like the, can you top this attitude that i think that started around like the monday night wars and stuff yeah. like that and it was just nuts when you're in like i again this is why i got jeeves on the on the, on the payroll is because business all right i understand ratings i understand ad revenue buy rates blah 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 blah, blah. but to what extent is it worth not focusing on this one number to bring intrigue and character development back just a little bit so people get to know who they're watching. So that one number that you keep trying to get and throw everything at a wall to get, you eventually get with regularity because people are now tuning in to see the characters they've come to know, love, hate, enjoy, despise, do what they're doing. That's storytelling to me. So you may have already foreshadowed this at the top, but uh, what are your objectives in the NWA with this title match with Scion around the corner and then beyond that? Well, it's the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. I mean, that's my number one goal. No secret. Why would I make it a secret? I manifest, I create, and then I accomplish. So that is my number one goal. I've been a two-time World Heavyweight Champion. There's a three in my name. It is only fitting I have a third world championship in my resume, in my Wikipedia list, in my accolades, in my case. And out of all the world championships to have, I think the prestige of the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, like, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's wrought with history. It's 100% my goal. Now, the national championship is nothing to sneeze at, even though I have a cold. But the national championship... That's a stepping stone to where I want to be and what I want to become. And, you know, it'll look good around my waist. And I like to win. And when you win, you make more money. And I like to make money. And when you win, you're signified with being better than everybody. And I am, so I should win. So, yeah, I mean, I don't hate the idea of being the NWA national champion and the NWA world's heavyweight champion. Like, that's cool, too. Why not? Mm-hmm. You go back a long way with Tyrus as well, and I'm sure you're going to have some interest, at least a little bit of interest, in that NWA World Heavyweight Championship match between Tyrus and Chris Adonis, right? Oh, yeah. I have total focus and attention on Tyrus versus Chris Adonis. Tyrus is not easy to beat, obviously, based upon his toughness, his size, and his connections throughout the industry, and you know his ability to, quote, control the narrative, dare I say, being on, uh, you know, one of the most popular cable news shows in the world, which baffles me every time I see it. But I am proud of him and I am happy for his success. And I am a little bit jealous. He beat me to writing a book, but you wrote a book and it's very good. I strongly suggest you check it out. Chris Adonis, just a namesake within the industry who, you know, he started so strong and had such a up and down career but in this moment now as a veteran he's in the best shape of his life he's doing his best work he's his most comfortable he's his most you know confident self that him as a world's heavyweight champion does have a lot of value and intrigue as well so i know he wants it and i know tyrus doesn't want to lose it so yeah it'll be very interesting the master lock can he get it around tyrus mm-hmm. That's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. I fought him before. Sucked. It was better when he was on your side. Well, you know. Yeah, but then he turned on me. I don't know if you remember that. Matt Hardy, yeah, mm-hmm. he just dropped me like a fly. 
but like, I mean, I was kind of a dick too, so I get it. You know, but time heals all wounds, but time does not heal competitive passion and fire. So when that time comes, if Tyrus is still the world's heavyweight champion, fingers crossed, time will, uh, you know, history may repeat itself in one way or the other. A lot of people know you've been in WWE, NXT, and Impact Wrestling, and you're a former Impact Wrestling champion. One of the best things, though, that you did for Impact, in my opinion, was your feud with Rockstar Spawn after yeah. you guys yeah. turned. So uh, it was the classic conceited bully against that small underdog with great fighting spirit. And it was just so well done. It made both of you guys look better. Yeah. Out of all the fights in my life, it's the one I'm most proud of. And, uh, the thing about that, if I'm a creative genius, which I am, Spud, Drake, James, maybe on the level two of just his ability to craft and cultivate and, you know, get people emotionally invested as opposed to just looking at, you know, the sideshow that is wrestling. Oh, cool move. Yay. Oh, exciting thing. Yay. He can really bring people into the moment. And then, uh, we were both young at the time. We both had something to prove at the time. We both were given the opportunity at the time. We came up very similar. We had a very like mind. We worked super hard together when we were together to make everything we did special, unique, and different to build to a moment. If that were ever happened, that it would be very special. So, yeah, very proud of that work with him. And you had on the Midwestern Indies a little bit the last year or so as well, uh, Warrior Wrestling, SSW, GLCW. And over the last year, you developed a rivalry with a young wrestler named Jordan Cross. You stalked him for a while, then you guys finally had a match at Warrior last <coughs> December, which he won by countout uh, due to a lucky count. Doesn't count. And then, and then you exacted a measure of revenge just a couple of weeks ago at SSW up in Cross's hometown. So what are your thoughts on young Jordan Cross? Uh, I gave him a little talk after our match. And then uh, this is a thing, as I'm realizing, within the realm of wrestling, younger wrestlers do not have leaders anymore. When I was coming up, we had leaders. I was fortunate enough to be in the system of FCW and OVW and NXT with veterans in the locker room in WWE. There's no leadership within wrestling. And so I realized I'm kind of taking that mantle. For better or worse, deal with it. With Jordan Cross... I told him straight up, like, if this is what he wants to do with his life, he has to be able to go all in. And I I don't know if he was ready to go all in or if he is. I know he's a college student, too. Good. Get your degree. Get an education. Have your backup plan. But for him, does he really want it or is that for somebody else? And if it's somebody else's dream, that's okay, too. If he wants to do it on a local level and have fun and play with his friends, that's cool too. But if he really, 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 really wants to do this, he needs to go all in and he needs to suffer and he needs to eat the shit and he needs to be in pain and he needs to go through the heartbreak that truly cultivates a real man within this industry that can succeed. So does he have talent? Yeah. Does he have ability? Yeah. Does he have potential? Yeah. Does he want it? Not for me to say He's only about 22 at this point, so he's taking his time to still grow a little bit more. When I was 22, I already knew what I was doing. So Sometimes it takes people a little longer. Well, it's, and that's fair. We all control our own narrative. We all take our own journey. 
So does he really want it, though? And speaking of control your narrative, well, how did that come about and how did the attitude change come for you? Um, was it just something you felt time that you need to do something different? Yeah, well, I mean, let's think about the circumstances, if we will. Um, I'm in a horrible WWE run. I hate my life. Everything's terrible. World shuts down. There's a pandemic. You get fired. Like, you, you don't sit around and gallivant and act like you're the top 1% when the world's burning and your entire hopes and dreams are taken from you based on the fact that, you know, you feel like you failed. So that was a mindset shift. And it wasn't just wrestling character. I mean, it was very realistic. It was very much who I am and what I am and what made me who I am today as we've progressed. So I had no intentions of it becoming a quote promotion, nor was it supposed to be. But then other people got so infatuated with the movement, they wanted to jump in on it and try to make it things that it wasn't supposed to be. So now that that time has passed, here I sit with this great brand, this great name. What is it actually going to be? And the way I look at Control Your Narrative is... It is a group. It is like minds. It is a mindset. It is an ideal. It is not a promotion. It is not a three-letter brand. It's not a wrestling company that's going to be on tours, or it's going to be something unique in its own entity, and it's going to be what it is to each and every person that lives by it. Whatever that means to them, controlling their narrative, that's what it will be. And one more guy I want to talk about a little bit is Psycho Boy Fodder, a guy who I also met up at SSW a couple of weeks ago. And he just That's started right wrestling. Yeah. yeah. He just he just started wrestling a couple of years ago, but he's someone you seem to know pretty well. So how did you guys connect? I connected with him via Control Your Narrative. Um, he's somebody, honestly, we started talking online because he works for a supplement company. And I wanted to make sure that it had nothing in it that would make me fail a drug test because I'm a drug tested athlete, believe it or not. Or at least I was at the time. I still kind of am. Now, talking to him through that, he eventually, like, he knew who I was. I did not know he was trying to become a wrestler at the time. Then he hits me up. He's like, hey, man, you know, I'm actually trying to be a wrestler. Could you watch some of my stuff? And I said, yeah, sure, dude. We sent it over. And I could just tell work ethic, look, intensity the intangibles and tools that are kind of missing from this industry he possesses in spades. Again, he just lacked, <clears throat> he lacked leadership. Who's going to show him the way who can take him under his wing. So as control your narrative kind of evolved and I filmed content in the match, you know, debuting my new self, I needed somebody that was tough and intense and could get into a fight and looks like they belong into a fight, but also somebody that needs an opportunity to be seen by the world. So from that, he came in. I whooped his ass. He learned a lesson or two. He's been in my right hand ever since. And look at him now. He's tearing up the indies. He's got a nice little gig in NWA. He has a beautiful fiance. And they work together. So by following my lead, my ideals, the control your narrative mindset, he couldn't be in a better place. So super proud of who he is and what he's become. All right, so it's NWA 312 and TV tapings, Friday night, April the 7th, and Saturday night, April the 8th, at Studio One in Highland Park, that's the north suburbs of Chicago. For NWA 312, we have Scion, the national heavyweight champion, taking on EC3. That should be a thrilling match. Tyrus and Chris Adonis battle for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Plus, we're also going to see Chicago people like Missa Kate and Joe Alonso as well. So it's going to be a fun show for everybody. And you haven't yet 
Check out nwatix.com to get tickets. So EC3, before we let yeah. you go, yeah. go ahead and promote your social media a little bit and whatever merchandise you might have. I don't know. At the real EC3. I haven't tweeted in six months. I'm on Instagram. Something's destroyed my algorithm. I don't know what it is. Who cares? Controlyournarrative.com. Look to that. I'm going to be opening up a lot of things with what that brand's going to be in the very near future. Um, I mean, yeah, people find me. At freeec3.com, controlyournarrative.com, at the real EC3. It's 2023. You can find me if you want to. It's pretty easy. Just Google. No, don't go to my Wikipedia, though. It doesn't even have my right anything. It's not right. I just don't understand how something could be so inaccurate and they won't even let me change it. Like, that's not even my real name. Can I change it? No. It's me. I'm the guy. (laughs) Whatever. All righty. EC3, thank you so much. And uh, everybody's looking forward to seeing you and all the stars at the NWA in Highland Park very, very soon. Chi-Town, let's rock. Very enlightening and fun conversation with EC3. And we didn't even get into how he was helping work with Adam Scher, who's known obviously as Braun Strowman. And with Braun's comeback into WWE, man, Braun Strowman got into some ridiculously great shape while he was gone from WWE and working alongside EC3 for the Controller Narrative. And that was crazy just to think about that. EC3 is quite a character, and once again, you can see EC3 and all of the stars of the NWA at NWA 312 this Friday night, the NWA TV tapings on Saturday up in Highland Park. All right, next week, we're going to recap some local stuff, and we're going to preview shows such as AAW, Freelance, and Rocket Pro, plus, we're going to have a guest, we haven't finalized it yet, But we'll definitely have one. And stay tuned to Windy City Slam social media for more information on that. Get all that right here next week on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.